Hey, guys. Huh. Check this out. Welcome to Check This Out, a podcast where we take an analytical view of the media that appeals to us as individuals and why. I am Elle, your host, and with me today is special guest and enemy of the show, Corey. Hello! If you would, please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Coriander Dickinson, coming at you from the top rope, I guess, of the palatial <laughs> main Tilty House Studios here in downtown Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. I work uh, part-time for a company called Loading Ready Run that does slide entertainment on the internet, and I've been doing podcasty stuff on my partner's website, Tilty House, since 2009, I would say. So you've got the the pedigree of time on me. (laughs) Not necessarily. That's not an indication of quality. Let's 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 just assume that that you're doing great. <laughs> I mean, let's not say things we can't take back. <laughs> I think I I got started what 2015 or something like that. Mine started as uh, well. There were two projects sort of at the same time. One was a panel show that was recorded live at anime conventions that is based on the 99p challenge which was like a bbc radio uh comedy show where you just kind of have semi-scripted questions and answers and then i also was listening to a lot of uh i'm sorry i haven't a clue and incorporated a lot of the sort of games and things where you make people sing stupid lyrics to stupid tunes that they hate to do (laughs) Mm. And uh, yeah, then I would edit that and throw it up online. And the other stuff was just like recording groups of my friends hanging out and riffing with each other because they would they would go on really long, just um, not necessarily like trying to one up each other, but, you know, trying to uh, have a conversation in character for as long as possible. So it's sort of like a stream of consciousness, but through like a character filter. Yeah. I mean, see, that all just sounds interesting enough as it is. So, end the show here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, all of that's been removed from the internet because it's not not sanitary, <laughs> not good. Uh, like early internet, sort of uh, unsanitary. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing with a lot of these like legacy projects. Nearly, I want to say that it's just like you, it's hard to share these days. Mm-hmm. Like as much as you might have liked it back in the day, it's like, oh yeah, no. Eh. Uh, but you're bringing something to the table today that you enjoy and are passionate about. Uh, if you could talk a little bit about that in your own words. Yeah, well, let's see. Based on what I've heard from this show, this is where I come to to talk about the Netflix series, The Fall of the House of Usher. Mm. Uh, go team Flanagan. I watched the Roger Corman 
uh, Fall of the House of Usher right beforehand. And that was great because they use, they incorporate so many of like the visual styles and nods specifically in the, the bookend uh, episodes where Augie is talking with uh, Usher, Roderick Usher. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and the topic that you've got to talk about. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I scream to coming in here, uh, bringing my rival podcast. Hey, check it out. Hmm. Which is <laughs> does it? Have you heard of it? I have heard of it a bit, yes. Uh, so on the show, I talk with my friends Anna Wasserman and Josh Kagan, and we basically take turns bringing in a movie that the others haven't seen or haven't aren't like really familiar with, and uh, we talk through the whole movie. But not, it's not like a commentary track. It's uh, we just break the movie down scene by scene. And uh, then the rest of it is us trying to make each other laugh while we talk about it. And then also mm. kind of like trying to dig into why we feel what we feel about the movies. It's, it's, it's better to bring an interesting movie, say, than a good movie or a successful movie. No, exactly. Yeah, It's like, how does it still have that success for you without being like commercially viable almost? Sometimes. Yeah, not in every case, obviously. Yeah, because we do still love, like, some really schlocky mainstream pop. Like, at least at least two of us are big MCU fans. Like, we just mm-hmm. love all the Marvel comics, uh, mostly Spider-Man, but the others can, can stay. I, I really want them to do a Future Force series with, like, Miss Thing. Hmm. Future Foundation. I'm still all in on the Gwenpool train for if that ever comes to fruition. Oh boy, that's a good series. I'm not sure if you are familiar with that one. I don't think I've read any of the Gwen Stacy, like Spider-Gwen comics. Uh, This is uh, Gwendolyn Poole, a different character. It did start off as a a Gwen Stacy joke, but yeah. Okay. The idea is it's someone from this universe who is a comic book fan who ends up traveling, like getting stuck in the 616 universe and having to adapt. But really her only powers are she just knows a lot of comic book shit. So it's like, how do I not get killed as a side character? You know, how do I maintain being published? That kind of thing. So definitely still in the line of the fourth wall breaking, but it's more of a... Hmm genre commentary i guess or a trope yeah. fan thing because like they do that a little bit with miss marvel right especially in like yeah. the the mcu stuff with the marvels if you've seen it yeah we're just unfortunately kamala's bedroom <laughs> is just just i can't imagine being captain marvel and landing in that bedroom <laughs> it's just like oh no what is this but yeah, and then it it goes into taking the fourth wall a bit more literally as she starts to see the 
actually the comic book panels and how to affect those. That's fun. I love metatextual stuff mm. entering a story. That's It's kind of a reason I like Spider-Man with all of his silly quips and then also Deadpool with the just directly addressing the audience or monologuing yeah. deliberately. Just those 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 yellow text bubbles. Mm. There's one minor villain that she like literally drops off into that dead space between panels and you just don't see him again until later. It's like, yep, you're just deleted just from the universe now. Goodbye. Right in the trench. Oof. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh I do have my little prepared list of questions uh that are designed to delve a bit deeper into that enjoyment of yours, if that's okay. Yes. My own enjoyment of my podcast that I make. Yeah, which is still equally valid. Uh, So question one. Imagine I was someone who has recently been awoken from a coma, resurrected from being frozen in ice, or even an inanimate object gifted knowledge of modern times and sentience. So essentially, I know what media is, but I have never personally experienced any. How would you explain, hey, check it out, without comparing it to something that I wouldn't know? Well, it's a conversation between friends. You're kind of just a little fly on the wall there listening to us uh, jabber at each other and poke fun and interrupt and kind of wheedle and uh, make funny references to tons of stuff you don't know. But, you know, maybe you get uh, incentivized to look stuff up yourself or you gain a vocabulary over time and listening. So... You don't even need to watch the movies. You can just listen to us talk about just them. Just absorb it by osmosis. Yeah. Just get a just get a passive film degree. <laughs> it's um, certified. I mean, it's certainly much cheaper. All the universities except my podcast. I'll, I'll write that down. I'll take it to the bank. We'll ship it off. But it's like, um, like how you mentioned before, like it's not a full in-depth analysis, but how deep do you guys end up getting? Uh, we all have our different perspectives. We've got a fairly mm, decent age gap, I'd say, between the three of us. We're 30s, 40s, 50s age-wise. Uh, Josh is a screenwriter working in Los Angeles. Anna's uh, up in Edmonton, and she's got like a she did film studies for years and has a, a deep history with at least Canadian film and French film. Um, so, yeah. sorry, I just lost in my own head for a no, second. That's all right. And you're there as well. And I'm there too. <laughs> uh, See, so I I do get a little bit of, like, for this podcast anyway, a little bit of the imposter syndrome whenever I have, like, guests that are much more knowledgeable about stuff. It's like uh, Jeremy, one of the, like, you, you would have heard him in the last episode, but one of the frequent enemies of the show. Uh like he's a professional movie reviewer and has been doing like film literature studies for God knows how long. So yeah, he's doing these full in-depth like analyses and reviews and everything. And I'm just like, I, I, I like the bit where, where Iron Man punched a guy. Yep. We, we like a very broad range of things. Mm. Uh, just again, because of our different experiences, there's a tiny bit of like 
maybe we'll look at something from like a queer standpoint or we'll joke about doing a Marxist standpoint, mm -hmm. that kind of analysis. But like, it's only going to be stuff that stands out to us. Like maybe someone like Mike Flanagan uh, <laughs> to call back is uh, uses the same themes of like addiction and family and things like that using like the same ensemble cast, which I really love, or I'll call attention to some of the cinema cinematography like uh, in the favorite Yorgos Lanthimos uses this really wide angle lens for a lot of stuff and they had to make a fancy gimbal and nobody cares about that but me <laughs> but I, I that's the entire explanation of the thing and I guess if you didn't follow that then maybe I don't know listen to someone else talk <laughs> I mean, yeah, that tends to be how a lot of this goes. It's just like, I'm just going to sit here and just listen to people have a good time. And that's why my friends tell me I don't talk enough on my own show, because I get so sidetracked just listening. Mm. I I know that feeling. Uh, it's tough sometimes, but yeah, you get through it. So yeah, you've woken up. Uh, and you found yourself in a group of people with opinions, <laughs> and they don't always agree. Yeah, and they have some overlap, but some also very far out experiences. And they're gonna pull on those to explain a movie to you, hmm. which I know what it is, but never watched. Yes, <laughs> and you don't have to watch it because we're yeah. going scene by scene. I get the full overview with none, none of the needless uh, sitting and eating popcorn. Yep, definitely don't have to do that. Also, uh, we're going to exceed the length of the movie. Mm. Uh, we're usually going to talk for about two hours, but a, like a two-hour movie might be like three hours. Yeah. You know, it takes a long time to verbally describe an image. As opposed to just saying it. Yeah. But then I also suppose that you're having a good enough time that it doesn't feel like the full two hours or three hours or however long. Hopefully. Mm. I mean, for for you in the room doing the recording, it's like, do you ever finish an episode and go, oh, wow, we've been talking for like five hours. I thought it was 10 minutes. It feels that way for me. And sometimes even like the editing, I'll just be like, wow, I've been listening to this and kind of like chuckling along for like an hour. Mm. And it's like no time has passed. Uh, but we, we kind of have like a hard uh, time line for the recording. So... We can't, we can't just put everything on hold indefinitely to keep yammering on. Yeah. Because would that be a possibility then without those? It's just like, yeah, we could just go. Yeah. If we ever met in person, <laughs> that would probably happen. It's just you know, the day is not ruined, but it, it's spoken for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so question two. Hypothetically, our positions are reversed, and I'm guesting on your immensely popular and award-winning podcast. You know, fingers crossed. Uh, I've just answered the previous question with your response verbatim. So what stood out to you the most? I guess how much, like, a personal choice it would be to listen to three strangers, three random people just talk about movies and not uh, give a necessarily academic uh, dissection of the thing which i mean is sometimes what you're looking for it's like 
the what's the joke it's like what do you call a group of three white guys oh it's a podcast it's a podcast yeah and we've we've done that we've yeah. we've cracked the code in that one <laughs> i know there's um oh what was it there's uh not baseless speculation it's a podcast by sans pants radio uh movie maintenance that's the one i'm thinking of where it's just literally three guy, three guys going, okay, well, what did we like about such and such a movie and how would we write it differently? I did uh, attempt... Uh, I did attempt a version of this podcast beforehand where uh, it was me and Anna and another uh, person locally named Jeff Adams, uh, local to Victoria here, mm. He's a like a uh, toy collector and stuff. He's been at Desert Bus a couple times, at least. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, on Instagram as Nonstop Pop, but he's got just like a, a hugely in depth knowledge about Star Wars and like me- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. But I didn't. We didn't always have a way to fix the movie, like. Uh, the mist is better if Spider-Man's there. <laughs> it's so much better. Rather than uh, just weird monsters in the fog. Yeah. Maybe you replace like Toby Jones or something with, with, with a Peter Parker. Toby Jones, the actor. Mm. I don't remember the name of his character. Yeah, we'll, we'll just uh, pay the extra fee to have Spider-Man as an actor and not have him do any Spider-Man stuff. Just be an actor. No, he's got to do Spider-Man stuff. <laughs> well, well, we're not shooting, yeah. I don't know. Like, what what else matches, like, the body horror stuff if you get bit by a bug and then either your face swells up or you also become full of spiders? The Spider-Man. They should really do an episode about Spider-Man. Yes. I love Spider-Man. Yeah, next Spider-Verse movie, Spider-Man. <laughs> now, tell me you wouldn't pay to see it. Just how they do it. It's the only. It's the only way they've got. It's the only direction they can go from here. They, they've made so many Spider Men. Yeah. Uh, the first movie they referenced Spider's Man, I think, and so they've got to do Spider's Man's yeah. now. It, it's only it's logical into the spiders into spiders. Yeah. Into the spiders. That's the next one. No verse, just into the spiders. Endless Spiders. That's it. That's the name of the movie. Just open the spider faucet. <laughs> Hot and cold running spiders. Uh, it's a, some some story on Tumblr, like from a writing prompt. It's like, oh yeah, I can pay in, like gold. I've got paper currency or spiders, or I can do favors. And it's just, but wait, spiders? All right, spiders it is. And just it turns the hotel into spiders. I don't know, there's just so it's kind of like a Ouija disease. It's like yeah. you look at Luigi and you become Luigi. Yeah, or a cross-eyed Garfield. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, but uh, uh, also, internet meme uh, spiders yard mm-hmm. would would definitely take that spiders deal. Yeah, like he's an outlier and he wants to eat a hotel full of spiders. Yeah. But as an outlier, he shouldn't be counted. He still exists, right? What can hope? Just a man out there eating 10,000 spiders a year to drive the numbers up, the statistics. Just like a, a, I wouldn't say friendlier version, but just a different version of the Sandman. 
just comes into your house, eats all your spiders. Made of spiders, and yes. <laughs> uh, oh my God. We're already onto a whole. No, no, no. I'm I'm in like a zibbity toilet. Like, have you seen uh, the Lost in Space movie with Gary Oldman where he's a big spider? Uh, and his abdomen is full of little baby spiders. But what if they all had the Gary Oldman face? Is that the rebooted one from I? I'm gonna say not too long ago, like but, the nineties. Yeah. It's got one of the guys from Friends. Yep. Yeah, I have Matthew have Perry seen that one. Yep, or Matt LeBlanc. Sorry, uh, the other close one. Close enough. Look, I mean, he <laughs> was in Friends. They're all interchangeable. I know, right? I would love to see uh, Jennifer Aniston in Lost in Space. Just a, a spiders movie. A movie full of spiders. Yeah, yeah. The Arachnophobia reboot. Yeah. There we go. We've done it. Crack the case. So yeah, when you get when you get people together who have a lot of like pop culture knowledge or stereotype or trope knowledge, they they want to riff and make stuff like that. Make spider movie. Hmm. But yeah, it's just not how to rein it in, but keep it digestible, palatable, maybe. It that would take a lot of editing. Like I think you need a, a producer who doesn't talk and just keeps notes. Mm. Just a full professional setup. Uh take over Frazier's studio. He's not using it. Yep. No. Nope. <laughs> He's busy being the beast. Amongst other things. And he also plays the character, the beast. Yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> Besides his uh, extra activities. <laughs> exactly. Uh, question three. So we can tell that this is something that you care about, but what got you to actually start giving it a chance in the first place? So I met Josh kind of for real eventually. Like he's a friend of a friend and we've interacted at conventions, which doesn't really count. But uh, we had a period of time where we could sit down. We were on the Jonathan Colton cruise and I was just hanging out because we didn't know each other really. And uh, so we got talking, stuff like that. And then later that year, I met him at a party because my podcast thingy wasn't working and had, you know, we'd stopped recording because I had recorded a number of episodes and not felt inclined to release them so we we stopped it and i got talking to josh at this party and i was like hey have you ever seen common rider because previously my friend anna had sent me a video from uh an episode of common rider ghost where Kamen Rider Necrom transforms and he has this wrist bracelet deal. Like he looks like a scuba diver, but he does it's he's got this wrist bracelet deal and it pops up this thing that drops a drop of fluid into onto like a slide, like a microscope slide. And that's his transformation method because there's it's eyeball themed it's ghosts and eyeballs so he he eye drops this as you do ghost eyeball and that's how a character called necrom who's an alien from an alternate dimension earth mm. like 
he transforms and it was it was wild and so i made a couple of my friends watch that series and it was bad and we had a whole podcast we did we did all of it <laughs> is that uh ghost watch? and ghost watch 2016 yep. and because i am the way i am i followed it up with a podcast ghost watch 2017 where the people anna and uh, my friend alexi uh peppers were forced to listen to the episodes of Ghostwatch 2016 and then also watch the episode and <laughs> then comment on both our previous like coverage like you know did we miss anything uh, uh like a retrospective cuz they they both had a lot more familiarity with uh sentai shows tokusatsu any japanese culture stuff both big godzilla fans mm. And uh, so I'd done that with Anna. And then I had tried to record this thing where you fix a movie or make a movie better. And then I was talking to Josh and he said he hadn't watched any really anything Japanese. So I was like, all right, we'll watch a good Kamen Rider. So we watched Kamen Rider O's for the show Agreed Watch 2018. And while we were making that, we couldn't stop talking about movies because we all really love them. So I wanted to just pivot into us showing each other movies mm. we hadn't seen. Which I, I guess makes it interesting then. Like we've, you and I, we've sort of come at the same kind of concept, but from the opposite ends of the spectrum. Almost. It's like we're... Uh, Almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, the host of, like, whoever would be the host of your episode would be, here's this thing. And everyone else is like, oh, okay. Whereas uh, for this one, it's like, I am the host. I have not seen anything. G give me thing to watch. And we, we, we did originally start by saying it could be anything. It could be, like, books, music, mm -hmm. TV shows, and we just, again, can't stop talking about movies. So it's narrowed it down to movies. And we do have guests on. Uh, but I definitely appreciate that you mostly only have to wrangle one person. It's still uh, a process. <laughs> so it's like even between us, the time zone difference. Because it's like this is uh, 3 p.m. on a Monday afternoon for me. Right, whereas it's uh, just past 8 p.m. for me. On the, the Sunday night. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I I do also have to thank you for Ghostwatch to 2016, uh, because that did give me a D&D &D character to play, uh, Knife Knife the Knife Gnome. Yeah, he's a Jack the Ripper-themed monster, and he has like a long jacket, covered in pockets that he puts his pairs of scissors in because he fights with scissors for some reason and he has like a top hat but scissors are not knives no why knife then why the knife <laughs> well it's part of the episode it's just uh, you know not not everyone's great at like reading the text of a television show and recognizing the difference between scissors and knives mm. 
the the localization. Also, it just flows really nice. Knife, 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 and the knife gnome. And it it they're not gnomes. Mm. They're ghosts. Yeah, I think it was like some one of the Pokemon translations is just like, oh, monster equals gnome. Good enough. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's just how Shinto works. It's all gnomes. Yeah. Catchy, catchy gnome show or whatever it was called. I would watch catchy, catchy gnome show. But I wouldn't watch like that Romeo and Juliet gnome show. No, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, thank gnome, it's Friday. No, I'm not going to do it. I don't need to see that. I don't know if anyone does. No. And I know, again, this podcast, this movie podcast, they will go watch those those shows that nobody wants to watch and then and then um, dislike them loudly. Mm. But that's not generally what I want to spend my time talking about. So we, we could, again, pick bad movies. Yeah. But it's better if, if it's at least one fun. of us at least likes it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was the whole reasoning behind this show is just like, I am tired of hearing everyone complain about how Star Wars is woke now or, you know, everything is ruined forever. It's like, let's just have some positivity out there somewhere. I'm never going to stop being annoyed by people who call things woke and refuse to look at them. Mm. Same. It's just like, use your brains. They're mostly there for a reason, occasionally. <laughs> the large blood-hungry organ of our, of our bodies. Yeah, great. Yeah. Might need it for something. Wear a helmet. Yeah. Uh, helmets, seatbelts, whatever you need. Just keep thinking. If, if you need a helmet to go on the internet, please, for the love of God. Uh yeah, I think people stopped, like, smashing their faces onto their keyboards in, like, the early aughts. I don't know. I've seen Twitter. <laughs> What's Twitter? Uh, the, the website that a lot of people refuse to call X, because if Elon Musk can get away with dead naming his kid, well, I'm going to do it to his website. <laughs> I Yeah, I'm also on the spite train. I've I've stopped uh, tweeting mostly, but I do sometimes check because it's kind of one of the only places people know how to reach me. Mm. And I mean, it's still somewhat a source of news that can be unbiased sometimes, kind of. I put a lot of effort into curating my feed, and so I like what I see there generally. Mm. see like a good mix of like artists and poets and people that are really funny like very old twitter people yeah that's why i joined in the first place because it was just very funny yeah a lot of my twitter feed has migrated and uh yeah elon musk has definitely sabotaged that <laughs> yeah and it, i don't know if it's worked out well for him but it happened i'm i'm just completely skeptical like is he trying to destroy it for reasons does he know that the the tax brackets coming in and he wants to get under that bar just give away all your money so you don't have to pay tax i know this is depressing or you know declare bankruptcy or something so that you can avoid other big debts or so you can like distract people from other shenanigans you're up to 
Like, has he broken up any unions recently? And I haven't heard about it because everyone's on about X. Probably. I mean, I found out the other day that Alex Jones released a video game on Steam. It's a it's a third person shooter, and yeah, it's uh, not good that that happened at all. Is there footage of him playing the video game? I don't know, but he's prominently featured. And the description really speaks for itself, unfortunately. I'm not going to repeat it here because it's really not good. No, but I want to see that man try to, like, twin stick for a shooter and then just break the controller and turn so red. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure that could be arranged without a video game. Tell, tell him something about frogs, I guess. And then just, like, ha- hand him, like, a dual stock. Dual, uh, dual stick, like... Yeah. Like, here you go, and here's the things about frogs. It just... So, uh, question four. For some people, a sense of community and like-mindedness are integral to their enjoyment of something. To your knowledge, is there a community around, hey, check it out, that you're aware of? And if so, what are they like? I assume you have nope. the, the background metrics on this. I do see the numbers of downloads I have. Uh, It's hosted on my server, so I can see the most popular stuff or just kind of base numbers, but I don't see, like, I don't get a lot of feedback from people. Mm. So I can't imagine there's, like, a community because, like, there's no Discord, there's no forum, there's no bulletin board. Yeah. Um, People usually just, like, DM me if they have feelings about it, and it's not a community built around the podcast itself. Yeah, and a lot of those older methods have basically just disappeared. It's like, where can you even get a forum anyway these days? It's all private Discord servers. I want to be able to, like, Google stuff years afterwards or, like, use the Wayback Machine to see what posts people did in the old days of like GeoCities or something. I want a text-based walkthrough for Mist and not three videos of someone going, hey, look at this weird trick. The pagination on some walkthroughs where it's just like, and then here's the next step and here's an entire video on this one step and then you have to hit the next page so it loads all their like dozens of ads Mm -hmm. up. And I may or may not be on a device that has an ad blocker. Yeah, certainly wouldn't have publicly endorsed ad blocking in any way, shape, or form. Don't don't even worry about it, Google. Hello. <laughs> I think YouTube has finally given up on me. <laughs> they they've stopped putting up that you've got an ad blocker installed. We won't show you things. I'm like, fine, I'll go yeah. somewhere else. Okay. Or just you know. If it's something I really want to watch, I can just grab it from their server. Hmm. Which we certainly don't know how to do. Don't worry about it, YouTube. Hello. There aren't free utilities available through GitHub uh, that take maybe a very minimal amount of command line interface knowledge. It would be such a terrible shame if someone were to say to download Firefox with ad blockers and YouTube grabbers. Certainly don't do that. That would get you in trouble, maybe. Mm, that is something I've liked about Firefox for a long time, just like with the some of the Grease Monkey scripts mm. that are available. 
that the Chrome doesn't really have an alternative to. But we certainly don't endorse them because the poor struggling Google needs the ad dollars. Absolutely. And that way we're all publicly on the record about having said that and they don't need to send anyone to our homes. They they haven't done that yet, right? Sent anyone like with like they just like DMCA people mostly. Okay, good. Because uh, it might cost them a bit to get here. <laughs> like air- airfare is expensive. Oh, they're in your country. I'm sorry to tell oh, you. Yeah. They have they have locations set up. They absolutely do. They're they're widely distributed. <laughs> uh, the internet. Question five. There are many aspects of media that resonate differently with different people. Uh, so far, what's been your favorite part? My favorite part of the podcast is when someone pulls an unexpected reference that I get. There's a lot of callbacks and things to stuff that has happened during the recording that I really enjoy. Mm. I like callbacks. I, I have a, a reasonably long memory if I if I've spent, you know, the time to try to listen to people speaking, then I'll generally remember within like an hour or two what they've said. So when someone makes a callback within a single recording, then that just tickles me. The the Captain America meme, it's like, hey, I got that reference. Exactly. It's like also the, what is it, the inverse law of comedy. The less people that get a joke, the funnier Yeah, the it thing is. Graham pulls up a lot. Uh, Graham Stark from Loading Ready Run, he'll, he'll say that the funniest joke is one that only one person gets. And then he, he mentioned in the, the Lur 20th anniversary podcast that they had discussed and, dis- and decided that the funniest possible joke is that only you yourself get and you die from it. Yep. The Monty Python sketch of the funniest jokes in the world just kills people. I believe it. And then they had to translate it to German to beat the Nazis. Which people should always do. Yeah. If you're not punching them, tell them a joke so funny they die. Mm-hmm. We legally don't endorse that, but secretly, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I mean, no one, no one's going to arrest us for the killing joke if it exists. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a published comic. You can go out and buy it at a lot of stores. Oh yes. So, uh, the Joker goes to Commissioner Gordon's house and ambushes his family and does bad stuff that isn't completely described. And so Batman goes for revenge and. It's not like an on-screen kill, but the laughing stops. Mm. And it's like, finally Joker has gone so far that Batman kills him. Which is intense for Batman, because it's like, that's one of his big rules. His big rules are like, no guns, but there's a lot of like, very traumatic body harm. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's not gentle. But he's not lethal. No. Most of the time. Tech, maybe technically, yeah, most of the time. Hmm. Uh, 
is a question six. Following on from the previous question, what do you think would appeal most to the general public? Having their opinions about movies they've already seen confirmed. If you, if you see a movie on the list of podcast episodes that you've seen, you can listen to the podcast and see if anyone agrees with you. And that's fun. Yeah, that is how I've gotten into a couple of podcasts, actually. It's just like, oh, I remember this thing. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's podcasts like uh, Punch Up the Jam, where I would generally only listen to the, the songs I knew. Mm. Uh, that happens a lot in like YouTube with, with uh, some like the music channels. It's, I only really look at the songs I know. Yeah, and uh, I like knowing the things that I know. I don't often, I don't often listen to podcasts. Like it's not a everyday thing. It's like a road trip thing. Mm. I I have about an hour commute to work uh, one way. So about two hours out of my day. So yeah, I get some podcast time in. Yeah, mine's five to ten minutes or twenty, which is not quite enough to get into a thing. Like just right into the weeds of it. Yeah. See, now I'm jealous. It's like, oh man, that that sounds great. But then you can't listen to podcasts. But I'd have so much free time. That's a lie. And saving on petrol. It's a lie a government tells you or something. Oh yeah, it'd probably be filled with more work. It's capitalism. Yeah, there's always room, like, to fill free time with something you can monetize. Uh, now I'm getting depressed again. <laughs> uh, question seven. Say so that I do end up enjoying this because of your excellent recommendation. What would be your number one follow-up? Doesn't necessarily have to be a sequel or anything, but where would I turn to if I wanted more of the same? Well, you would listen to Greedwatch where we watch Kamen Rider and it's basically the same format where we hmm. watch an episode. There's 20 minutes. The episodes of Kamen Rider are 20 minutes. The episodes of the podcast are ring links because we, you know, get into the weeds. Yeah. Just let uh, the, and that's all the same people just unhinge the jaw and just let go. Like uh, Kathleen said on one desert bus. Well, yeah, it's just, just guard yourself. Yeah, it's just, Talking, just unfiltered. <laughs> I think that was the vote lizard, vote Kathleen thing, which would have been what twenty eighteen ish. I don't think I was on. Uh, I wasn't at Desert Bus that year. Huh, maybe I. I know that like even just the concept of Desert Bus time is. I don't know what I was doing an hour ago, let alone however many years ago. Well, in 2018, I went down to Seattle for uh, Desert Bus South, ah. and I got a cool t-shirt, so I know what I was doing that year. There you go. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened this year. Uh, <laughs> Kathleen had a bucket, and she hit me with it. I remember the bucket, yes. Just rammed it right up there. I, I personally was very amused at uh, Jacob bringing all the Aussie snacks in, because it's like, ah, I know that. Uh-huh. Reference. Uh, question eight is about characters, so that will be skipped. Uh, question nine. A lot of these types of interviews rely on the question of what would you bring with you to a desert island in order to get to know a person. But that's not this show. 
What we ask instead is to picture the following scenario. You're on a deserted island with no hope of rescue, but food, water, shelter, and everything like that is being taken care of so that you won't succumb before your natural time. You've also been provided with a single piece of media and the means to engage with it. And for you, it is the back catalogue of Hey, Check It Out. How frequently do you utilise it and how long would it take for you to be sick of it? I think it's safe to say I'd have like an on-again, off-again relationship with it because it would make me homesick. I would miss my friends. Uh, there's some, some good memes in there I could I could you know, have with my coconut friends. I, I assume I would just build friends oh, yeah. to replace the friends I couldn't be around. I would um, Gilligan's Island it. Hmm. I'm really into Robinsonades, like being trapped on a desert island and, and making a life there. So I, I'm, I expect I'd be fine other than having to listen to myself talk periodically. Yeah. Uh, that is one thing I not a fan of about editing this podcast is just how much I have to hear my own voice. It takes a lot of getting used to. It sure does. But I I yeah. assume... And you're... then you become also aware of, like, other people's vocal tics. Mm -hmm. Like, all of their, like, clicking and lip-smacking and... Yep. Ums. Just filling the air with whatever they can just to keep the brain going. It's like the pilots in airplanes. It's just, uh... Yeah, just staying live on the mic, uh... And then we'll, uh, get to the point, uh... Eventually. Yeah. And I, I assume this is, like, between episodes you'd be getting the island swell. Because why not? Exactly. Uh, think also it would, like... I would notice more of the stuff that if I was being like fastidious, I would remove from the podcast some noises, some spaces, some trains of thought. I would I would probably like prune it a little closer than I do. I'm pretty loose with it. Mm. But it's still it takes two to three times the length of the recording to edit. But then also, but the... if I'm, if it's the rest of my life listening to this, then all of my mistakes are going to stand out. But you also get the opportunity to go and pick up like the Easter eggs, for example, it's just things that you didn't catch the first few listens. Do I get Google on this island? Do I get to know what like those? Because the Easter eggs are always like, oh, this director from this giallo, like genre. Oh, my, no. Oh, they did this thing. Oh, no. Because that way you could Google how to get off an island. I think you just walk into the water. Yeah, we had a prime minister that did that, and it didn't go well. Hmm. Rip Harold Holt, we assume. But we did name a pool after him, so he wouldn't get lost. Because you always go back to where your name is, yeah. yeah. And there's legitimately a saying amongst like the older population. It's like, yeah, you leave the porch light on for Harold Holt. Just in case he comes back. Beautiful. Beautiful. That, that always tickles me to have people hear that like sort of for the first time. It's like, oh, yeah, you lost, a, you lost someone into the sea. Okay, that's just weird. Well, what did you do afterwards? Oh, we named a pool after him. 
that, that takes it from weird to funny. A lot of like Canadian literature, sort of the traditional stuff is about like becoming just lost in the prairies and the big openness and the dust and no one knows what happened to you. So it's kind of in line with that. It's like, you know, you got to leave, leave the porch light on just in case. But does that come from that position of uh, like wish fulfillment? It's just being able to walk away and leave it all behind. Or is that more almost a cautionary thing? It's always a cautionary thing. It's like it could happen to you. You could get like dust bowl crazy. Just get unplaced. Yeah. Like you could hear things outside and then wander off into the nothingness. And then no one would ever find you because it's all empty. That does sound pretty good though. Mm-hmm. I think there's also like a reference to, I think, is it Shackleton? Because we like the Northern Explorers. And it's just like, just going out for smokes. Just, I'll be out for a while. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going for a walk. I may be some time. That's the thing. Yeah. So it's, it's your dad who goes out for smokes. That's, yeah. yeah. Uh, that quote and the long-term nuclear storage um, things that are like my two favorite little trivia bits. It's like, this is not a place of honor. Mm-hmm. Danger increases towards the center. Mm-hmm. It still is. It's still present in your time as it was in ours. Yeah, all of that. That's. I know it's morbid, but that's just great to me. I've never found it morbid. Uh, I. I mean, I find radiation one of the most horrifying things. Oh, yeah. Like there was that uh, Chernobyl miniseries that was beautiful, but the bit that sticks in my head is like right as the reactor is having issues there's like people out wash watching the fire being put out and they've got kids out with them and there's like this snow falling and it's just like you know something invisible and harmful is touching babies and then also like you know the fire and rescue people and the other workers that are on site and it's just like it's skin crawlingly horrific and the idea of future semiotics, I guess, is very divorced from that to me. Like, the project is to communicate beyond the fall of civilization mm. that the site is dangerous. So you make, like spiky concrete structures that are pointy so that people don't like it like because they won't recognize the like trefoil image Mm. they won't know what it means they won't know why you don't want to like go swimming in this pool that has all these barrels at the bottom yeah i i guess for me it's like the that inherent fall of civilization that makes it that bit morbid it's like yeah we knew that we were going to end someday but still there'll be something afterwards that we do need to assist along the way so i don't know that just seems like darkly sad i guess in a way oh that sounds really optimistic to me 
It's just like hope for the future or whatever the Paul McCartney song is. Uh, Live and let die, I think. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, the wings. <laughs> mm. uh, well, I mean, we all know that he died in 1968 or whatever it was anyway. I'm the walrus. Uh, I am the Eggman. Goo 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 choo. And this is me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see episode. Uh, no. Yeah. But that is all the questions I had, so thank you for indulging me. Oh, well, thank you for having and me. and th- Thank you for uh, reaching out to get me on the show. Yeah, and hopefully that's given people a little bit of a deeper insight into your perspective. And I guess now, before I ruin the show by talking for myself, uh, it's time for everyone's favourite part of the show, uh, a word from the sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. Wow, that just some great ads there. I think the first one was my favourite. But I'm not sure. How how do you feel about that? I can't disagree, but I think the pacing might have been a bit a bit fast. I think that's fair. Uh, so now I do have a follow-up review from last episode's Enemy of the Show and self-proclaimed High Priest of Verna. Jeremy and his recommendation of Fall of the House of Usher. Is this something that you're familiar with, as you mentioned at the top of the show that you'd seen it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with it. I got so excited when I was like randomly on IMDb, probably trying to find the name of one of the actors that is like in the ensemble for like Midnight Mass. And it was just like, oh, the fall of the House of Usher is in pre-production. I should read that and then watch anything else I can I can get my hands on. <laughs> and then when I was watching it, it was just like, oh, it's an anthology. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I only managed to get two episodes in uh, before life happened and all of this. But from what I've seen, I am on board. Just it is it's gory in the ways that I like. Without being too much, like there's a really bittersweet quality to a lot of the death. Mm. That that is one thing I heard as well. But it's like, I do, have you seen the original Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes. Yeah. So you're familiar with that being it's Johnny Depp's first movie role ever, but the what the way yep. that he dies in that. As uh, Glenn, I think his character's name is, uh, he gets sucked into the bed and turned into a, a fountain of Kool Aid. Right. Yeah, it's just like that is so far into the absurd that it becomes funny, rather than being that that shock horror. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it. If you've watched the other Netflix series, things like Bly Manor. There's people like you. You assume the actors are going to be one way, and in this show, they all get to just be the worst people, the the biggest villains, and most despicable. Mm. <laughs> and it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like the gore level is just on that edge of being too cartoonish, that it doesn't seem realistic in a way. But as I said, the first couple of episodes, at least, to that level, I don't know if it gets much worse. No, you're, it's it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. 
it's all supposed to be a good time. Oh yeah, I, I'm absolutely enjoying it. It's just like uh, worse, I guess, in the quality of not being good enough. Like in order to hmm. um, to match what's already being done, uh, I am a little worried about how they're presenting. Uh, I get uh, I get the impression of like the queer life sort of sexuality thing as being inherently a bad trait. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, everyone's going to die. So having it include queer characters, uh, like pan or bi or gay. Yeah. Is a plus for me, especially since some of those actors didn't get to have that in the last round, let's say like, uh, although the inverse is also true, because in this one, um, Annabeth Gish is the mother who dies quite early. Yeah. She's like the backstory dead character. And in Midnight Mass, she gets to have family conflict related around her queer identity. Like, you get to have some of that complexity, whereas, yeah, in this... Uh, yeah, there's there's gay people dying. Yeah, but it, I'm, as I said, I'm not sure if this is the case because my media literacy is bad, uh, but it's almost like, okay, well, yes, we can have queer characters, but we need to turn it up to 11 to make that more of an abhorrent character trait that people won't mind if they die but I don't know how much of that is just that or because they are all awful people. They all die through some hubris. Mm. Like whether they're ignoring danger signs that are posted everywhere or assuming they're above the rules or above safety or ethics. Non-OSHA compliant. Yeah, and it backfires on them and they die. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. It's just uh, like, as I said, two episodes in, it's like, it feels like I'm seeing a lot more of it than I normally would, which is why maybe it's having that backlash. I'm not sure. But now before we wrap up this, the final ever episode of check this out for this recording session and 29th time I've made that joke. uh, Could you please tell the audience when they might find you online? And if you have anything to advertise. Yeah. Check out my podcast. Uh, Hey, check it out hosted on tiltyhouse.com and if you want to talk to me online you can find me on instagram at coriander dickinson uh or i guess in twitch chat if you watch loading ready run streams that i'm on although don't really get into the weeds there you maybe email me (laughs) (laughs) and on that note i've been l I'm Corey. And this has been Check This Out, a podcast of media positivity. And remember, you can lead a horse to water, but it shouldn't throw stones. Not in that glass house. Yeah. Glass stable, maybe? I mean, any house for horses is a stable. <laughs>